and welcome back to What Now? Surviving College. I'm your host, Emily Swartz, with my friend, Danny. Hello, it's nice to be back. And I just want to get take this opportunity to thank the uh, student media for allowing me to have this opportunity so I could have this podcast and be able to share wonderful information with all of you. But I do apologize for this late episode. All of a sudden, it was midterms and fall break, and I had all of my studying to do, so I had to push back this episode. But thanks to Danny, I was able to get this episode in and share all of this new information with you all. And today, we are going to be talking more about our college experience. Are you ready, Danny? Let's do this. All right, let's see. So I know that you changed your major, correct? I did. I changed my major in between my freshman and sophomore year. Could you explain to me a little bit about that process? Because as a person who went, I'm just going to be one major and thought about changing, I went, no, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so I started out as an environmental science major, and I found out through some of the science classes it just wasn't for me, wasn't I what I wanted to do with it, and I kind of decided when I wasn't on campus, so my experience might be a little different from some other people's. Uh, I mainly just kind of did it independently through like sending emails over the summer while I was at home and got the majority of it taken care of from home. But if you are on campus, your advisor will be one to help you with this. You can meet with them, talk about why it isn't working. If you don't have another major in mind, they can help you figure that out. You can go undeclared or if you have if you do have another one in mind, you can talk to that department and they'll help you figure it out. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I decided to create this uh, podcast is because I really wanted to help people who did not know what they wanted their major to be, or if they were like, I really don't like my major, but I don't know what else is out there. This is just kind of like an opportunity for them to understand different majors just to see what they like. So I really like that. That was really good. So anyways, um, I know we've always said a lot about majors, but I just want to kind of clarify exactly what a major is just in case people do not know what a major is because it's college lingo and sometimes people know and sometimes people don't. But a major is kind of like the study of field you're going into. So for my uh, major would be education since I want to become a teacher. If you wanted to be a psychologist, you would go into psychology. It just depends on what area you want to study in. Along with that is a minor. So a minor can be a thing that you can specialize in. So, for example, if you're an uh, elementary education, you can, like, minor in reading. So that just, like, boosts that and you take more classes to help students kind of read a little bit better in their certain fields got something about minors I will add your minor doesn't have to be something related to your major either if there's some other random field you want to go into I know people who are who have like stem minors and like more creative majors or vice versa and they're perfectly happy with it they're able to do it and work it into their schedule yeah so your major and your minor again don't have to be the same thing it's just kind of like an added on bonus is how I think of minors. It's just a little extra in there that you can add. Yeah. But again, just remember minors, majors, they sound very similar. I get them confused. 
Anyways, so um, we're going to move on to studying because, you know, studying is going to be the biggest part of college. So what are some studying tips you would like to pass down to freshmen and or in anybody in high school? Because, you know, you still got to uh, study in high school. The biggest study tip I would suggest is actually work to find out what works for you. Don't just say you're going to rely on flashcards or last-minute study guides. Actually take the time to find out what time of day works best, what format of studying works best, even for like down to specific classes. Like One might work better for one class and it won't work for another class. Take the time to sit down and figure that out because your grades are going to thank you. Yeah, I know. I used to try to study at night and try to just get everything crammed in the day before, but I don't work good at night, as Danny could probably tell through this podcast, um, <clears throat> with how many bloopers I may or may not have. I do not do well at night, so I am more of a day person, so I like to study during the days. And it's going to be weird, because like if you have an English class, it's going to be hard to study for because it's like, oh, how do you feel about XYZ book rather than remembering like terms and equations, which could be easier. So, <coughs> excuse me, that's just something you're going to have to like get used to in a sense. Yeah, and for some of those classes, doing the homework is pretty much the studying you're going to need to do. Maybe taking notes, annotating readings, and just kind of actually like uh, noting what you're taking in in those classes but sometimes the homework is the studying you need mm-hmm. and sometimes <laughs> a lot of times sorry guys is that you don't have to study alone I know so many people will be like hey let's go to the library and study together they got dry whiteboards and dry erase markers all over the place you are able to draw on them They'll clean them at the end of the night, and I know every time I go into a study room, they'll just see, like, random equations from, like, nursing, and I'm like, what is this? Who's doing this math? And I feel so sorry for you. Even if it's, like, a group of friends that maybe you aren't in those classes with, just having other people there can make such a big difference if that's how you study. Some people work better alone, but I know even for me, just having someone else, like, in the room can definitely help spike my motivation to actually get some stuff done yeah I get that so I know I talked about the library uh, is a place I go to study is there any like good places you would recommend for people um the library does have some good study rooms I personally like uh more private spaces so usually like inviting people over to the dorms or apartments or wherever you're living on campus or off campus, um, that just works better for me. But also honeymoon was a good spot whenever I was like writing papers and needing to just kind of like sit down, have some music in the background, kind of the bustle and like dishes and cups Mm -hmm. clinking in the background kind of helped make some white noise so I could really focus on what I was doing. Yeah, I understand that. I, Used to, in my freshman year, it felt like my the library was my home away from home, away from home, because it felt like I was there basically from the break, uh, from it opening to closing, and I never saw my roommate or anything because I was always in the library studying. 
but I've learned throughout the years that now I can't go to the library as much because of this, how quiet it is. It just does not work. So I will also go to a honeymoon or I'll go to Ridgeway just hearing like the students walking by, hearing their conversation. It's just like a little white background noise that I really like. See, I had a similar experience with Ridgeway where it just, I tried to go study in there and like the main floor area but it was just too many people walking by wanting to say hi kind of distracting me but upstairs Ridgeway turned out to be a better choice for me whenever Uh, I was in there there's okay so hint to all the people listening here and the second floor in Ridgeway back by the restrooms there's like a little sitting area I will go there religiously. I love that spot. And if I see somebody there, a part of me dies because I want to go there and study. It's so nice. It's so quiet because nobody uses those restrooms. Everybody forgets about that corner. Oh, it's right behind that mosaic too. And you have the window and the comfy chairs back there. For sure. And it's an amazing spot isolated. And you're like, you can still hear the white noise of the downstairs, but you're like, by yourself and you're like ah this this beautiful and then there's somebody there and you're like I'm too awkward to sit next to a stranger like even if all the other chairs are open if there's someone else back there it's like no they've taken that whole spot all theirs can't do it but that's also a good spot to talk to friends and like spill tea there I know I've got I've been like isolated I'm like all right nobody's coming back here spill the tea here because it's so far away from all the other sitting areas yeah for sure but talking about like ue campus what are some things you like around the campus i like all the places there are to just kind of sit relax and do homework outside yeah i when i was looking at schools i saw some other campuses that were just like buildings all like clustered up right next to each other no green space no trees and I know, like, we might not have the biggest campus, but I love, like, that there are, like, you can just, like, go sit under some trees, especially since it's fall right now. It's so pretty outside, and it's cool enough that, like, throw on a hoodie and you're good to go. But uh, I really like sitting by the fountain outside of Ridgeway. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of fun. I like that spot, too. But I also like that it's so small. Like... Walking through it feels kind of big, but if you look at other campuses, it's really small. But you still, like, it's not like you're right on top. It's not, like, five seconds in your neck in the next building. Like, it's a decent walk outside. So, you know, if I'm not going outside all the time and I'm studying, you know, I still get that break. I still get that fresh air in my lungs going from class to class. Yeah, it gives you a little breather walking from one place to another, but it doesn't take too long to get across the campus itself. That's true. My favorite place is the new hammock area right behind New Hall and more. I I, like as soon as I won the hammock, I went, yes, I can hang that up. I can sit in there. I love doing homework. I'll take my computer in there and I'll just sit and type. But sadly, it's fall now, so it's super cold and I can't do that. Just bring a blanket, have it in there with you, a nice pillow, and just like get all comfy in there. See, then I would fall asleep (laughs) and then I'd wake up and it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and I'd be like getting some like squirrels on me and I'd just be like, what's happening? They're just trying to stay warm too. I mean, I don't blame them. It's super cold. I am not a cold person. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I know with also our campus looks a little different this time because construction has taken over. Oh boy. <laughs> bye bye, Walnut. It's gone. <laughs> But so what are some tips that you would normally give to people to get around campus when there's not construction? Um, you mean for just like walking from like one class to another, just like walking around campus or? I think it's like I kind of want like for students, for people in general, and then maybe like if you're a car, kind of like the difference. I don't know. We'll, we'll start talking about it and we'll go probably in three different directions. We'll figure it out. Well, since campus is so small, like, I know some people have long boards, but, like, you can really get anywhere in just a couple minutes by just, like, walking around on campus. There are even some places off campus, like, if you need to go get groceries, like, there aren't the best options, but, like, there's still a couple things within walking distance of the campus that you don't have to have a car, but I know I definitely enjoy having a car on mm-hmm. campus to get around Evansville itself and... I know you mentioned longboards. I've been dying to get these roller skates that turn into shoes just to roller skate around campus, but I'm so scared to get them because then I'll, like, hit a bump and then I'll just face plant straight into the concrete. I feel like it would be too tempting to just go through the halls. <laughs> yeah. And you would just, someone would just be sitting in class and all of a sudden hear, like, a crash out in the hallway. <laughs> It would be too tempting to try and just, like, zoom down one of the halls. I'd do it. I'd do it. So if I ever do get those shoes and you and any of you people come join and hear a crash, you didn't hear anything, continue with class. If you hear her in the hallway, no, you don't. No, nope. Uh, you mind your own business. <laughs> uh, but I know another thing we're going to have to, like, really think that you're going to have to think about is where do you get your books because classes are going to have books and this is not like high school to where your teacher has the book under the desk or in her classroom or wherever they have it you are going to have to get your own books so Danny would you like to give some insight on that yeah and this is a lot more complicated than it should be sometimes I'll give you my long answer start by looking on the UE uh, bookstore website, type in your classes, it'll pull up your textbooks. Also look at the syllabi for your classes because sometimes teachers might not put the books they want you to get on the website. But I also know that sometimes teachers change their minds about what books you need. I've had it happen before where I'll buy my books over the summer get to class and teachers will say, you know this book you just spent money on? You don't need it anymore. I hate and when it's that hard happens. to return it sometimes. Uh but definitely check the UE website, kind of be prepared for what you think you'll need. If you have questions, just email the teachers. They might still be figuring it out. Maybe there's a typo somewhere. Or maybe those are just the books you need and you gotta get them. But I also take that list of books, and type it in on Amazon, because we're college students, we're trying to get it We're broke, we're broke, broke. <laughs> so sometimes the bookstore sells it for cheap, sometimes it doesn't. So just pay attention to what you need, 
sometimes you can rent them too. Okay. Um, disclaimer, I do work for the bookstore. This is not me trying to promote the bookstore. Okay. Don't get on me for working at the bookstore. I, Danny brought this up. Okay. So this is, I Danny's did, fault. I did. <laughs> But I will say, if you do order through the bookstore and you come get your books and then your professor is like, hey, actually, you don't need that book, you do have a week, after, about a week after school uh, starts, like the first day of class, to bring back any book and you will get refunded for that. Then if after that week, if for some reason you drop a class, then you have to prove that you have uh, dropped them in that class just go to the academics uh, admissions place. I can't think of the word. Academic services. Academic services. Yes. Thank you, Danny. And they will be able to provide you with a little list saying, hey, they did drop this class and then we can give you a refund. But again, that is to a certain time. And in all fairness, like I did bring it up. The bookstore is always pretty good about that. They don't want to make students pay for books that they're just not going to use. And yeah, you, you guys, you guys make it work for students. Yeah, we try to, but again, this is not me promoting the bookstore because I will say I like Chegg. Chegg is another website that I use because I only started my junior year. I'm a senior now, so I've only been working at the bookstore for two years. So I've been using getting my books other places before the bookstore. Well, my freshman year, I got them from the bookstore, but that's a, that's we're not going down that path. Anyways, uh, Chegg is a really good place I used to go, uh, go to. They sell them for cheap, and then you just return them at the end of the month, or at the end of this month, or not the month. Um, Ecampus, I think is what it's called. Hold on, I'm going to type it and make sure. That is also a good place. Yeah, Ecampus is a good textbook place that you can buy your books pretty cheap, and then, you know, at the end of the semester, if you're like, hey, I actually want to buy this book, they have that option. And then they'll, like, you just got to print out your return slip and stuff and ship it out and it'll be all good. And if you've got friends who have taken classes before, or if you can get in touch with other people in your major who have probably taken classes you're looking at, reach out to them. See if they've got their books that they want to sell for cheap or even, like, maybe, like, lend to you and you give them back, like, a lot of you can save a lot of money trying to do that. Yes, make make all the friendships with the older people because they Absolutely. will more likely than not have most of the books and they're like, I don't need this. I don't want this. Here you go. They'll sell it for you really cheap. I know when some person, they needed like a calculus book and I let, I'm not going to take this calculus ever again. Here's the book. I don't have the code. You can buy that separate, but here's the book for like 20 bucks. And they were like, bless you because those books get expensive yeah it's insane it's it's <laughs> so bad but um i know amazon you already mentioned that one that's a good one uh they do rental options uh ecampus sausages rental options just look out there uh don't automatically you know assume that you have to go to the bookstore i think that was the one thing as a freshman i was like i have to go to the ue bookstore there's nothing else i can do Again, UE Bookstore is going to have some cheaper options than Amazon and other things, but just look around because, you know, we're all broke college students. We need to save money somehow. It just depends on the book, the class, and who you're getting it through. Sometimes it'll be cheaper in one place and more expensive. And, you know, it's okay to buy your books, like, a couple days after school starts. Like, the professors understand if you're like, hey... 
Um, I just wanted to make sure what books exactly you wanted rather than buy them and not need them. Most professors will understand. Usually they'll be like, hey, does everybody have this book? Or at least the ones that I know in the English department will. And if somebody's like, I don't, then they'll either like put it on Blackboard so everybody could read it there or they'll do something to go around it until you get your book. But that does not mean you can't get the book. You do have to get it. Especially for some of the literature classes where there's multiple books. If you look at the syllabus, you can kind of see the order that you're going to read some of them in. So you can also, if you just want to buy the first book, get it out of the way and then give yourself a little extra time to take a look at who's selling the other books you need for cheaper. Can you get them from the library? Borrow them. Go to libraries. They'll have them for free for some time. Yeah, it's going to be a little weird because you have to return it at a certain point, but that's what rentals do. Rentals, you'll just have it for a little bit longer. The only thing I will say about that with the uh, UE bookstore is that after midterms, we start returning all the books. So if you're like, ooh, I can only like get one or two books like at the beginning of the semester and you can get the rest later, do it before midterms because after those we'll be like, sorry guys, we already turned all, returned all of our books. We're so sorry. Yeah, and I think, I know I mentioned literature. I think that's a special case because usually a lot of classes, you've got like one or two textbooks that you're using like consistently through and not like moving from one book to another to another. So. Yeah. So yeah, if you can tell, we're both in, in the English department somehow. So we read a lot. So. I bet if you ever have an English class and you see us, you could be like, hey, do you have this book? And we 99% probably have it. We, we might even have a couple. I know I've got some that other people have tried to pass down to me being like, I don't need this anymore. I will take any English books. <laughs> After freshman year, I went, anybody got some English books? I'll take them for free. I'll take it for $20. But, yeah. But another thing, kind of like, I know we were talking about books and getting it from older classmates. I know when I was a freshman both in high school and in college, I was like, man, these seniors, juniors, and sophomores are scary. How do I talk to people? And, but even today, it's still like I look at freshmen and I'm like, you're babies. <laughs> so how would you recommend like making relationships between grades? Because I know I struggle with that. I, uh, if your department has a club, go check it out. If your department has special events that they do, go check it out. Talk to people in your classes. Doesn't mean you have to do all the awkward icebreaker stuff that your teachers want you to do sometimes. But actually, like, take the time, get to know your classmates, go have lunch with them one day after class. Like, if it's, if you have that class, like, right before lunch, say, hey, you want to go grab lunch with me? Start talking to them. That's how that happens. Take advantage of it as soon as you can. Start making those relationships because the sooner you do it, the sooner you're going to feel more comfortable and the sooner that maybe they introduce you to some other people in your major too. Yeah, I know <clears throat> it's weird as a senior now because I'm taking like all senior classes and everybody's like in my major. So I don't get the like freshman group, but I know like in the English department, like, English classes, I do see some of the freshmen 
and I tried to become friends with them, but I am an awkward person. So if you ever see me around campus looking awkward, that's just my personality. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, no, as a senior, I don't think I have any classes right now with freshmen in them. I know, it's it's really weird. But again, so we just had fall break, which pushed back this episode. So it's the dreadful time of schedule making. Oh, yay. Yay. Oh, you can tell how enthused we are about this. No, I'm joking. I'm actually pretty excited. I like putting together my schedule. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to lie. I do too because I get to like see where my things are and be like, oh, I'm not going to have classes on Tuesday. Oh beautiful and then I try to get into that schedule and then something messes up and I'm like never mind I gotta go class on Tuesday because that's the only way it's gotta work but I do want to talk a little bit about that because I have heard so many people be overwhelmed by it and not understand what to do so if you want to start with some tips and then I'll go off your tips and we can go back and forth on that that would be great so definitely pay attention to what classes you need through self-service, take a look at what levels of classes you need, what kinds of classes, maybe fill out multiple requirements that you need, knock out two birds with one stone, but also talk to your advisors. They've planned so many schedules. They know what they're talking about. Take their advice, but also make sure that when you're planning your schedule, this is a big thing. When you're planning your schedule, make sure you stick up for yourself when you're talking to your advisors. If there are times of classes that don't work for you, I think I mentioned this last episode too, but just make sure your schedule actually works for you within yes. like the flexibility that you have. Sometimes you can't change it, but, mm -hmm. and also take classes that actually interest you. Yeah. Um, I know that's a really good part. Like if your advisor is like, Hey, let's take this 8am and you're like, bro, I'm not a morning person. Don't just sit there and let them put you in that class. Cause you know what? You're going to hate that class and you might even fail it cause you hate it so much. You want to, you want to go off your schedule. Like Danny said, you want to be able to work off of you. And I will say, please, 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 please make time to eat. A Absolutely. Especially lunch. Give yourself time for lunch. Give yourself time for dinner. Even with night classes I only have half an hour between uh two of my classes to eat dinner and that includes like getting to going from the classroom got to get to Ridgeway and go from eat dinner and then go from Ridgeway over to another classroom and sometimes it fits in there sometimes I'm like I need to do this other homework assignment too really quick I'll just skip it don't skip lunch, don't skip dinner, you need to eat, take care of yourself, Please. build your schedule so that you can take care of yourself. It, it's going to be somewhat hard. I know me and Danny always have our English classes and those are usually on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they run till lunchtime and you're like, well, now I need class after lunchtime and there's like so many things you got to fill in. But you need to make that time. Again, you are responsible for you. You have to make sure you're going to have enough time. Though I do like the one thing that we have that I don't, I think it started during our freshman year because of COVID, they started doing to-go meals. Yes. So even if you're like running between classes, I know you can swing by Ace's Place, which is like our little shopping area that you can use your Ace Bucks for, and they'll have meals to go. You just pick a sandwich, a side, and a drink, and then you can check out and then rush to your next class. 
just make sure your professor knows that this is like your time to eat because you don't have any other time and make sure you're still paying attention in class. I know you might get distracted by eating and please make sure nobody has allergies if you are eating in class. You don't know what people are allergic to. If for some reason you pick up something peanut and somebody's allergic to peanuts, that's going to cause a lot of issues in that class. And some teachers will be totally okay with you eating in class. Some won't. Some might say, like, take an extra minute to finish eating. But I want to go back to the schedule really quick. I also want to warn of uh, scheduling, like, too much time. Do not pile all of your classes onto, like, the same two or three days. Like, don't make them all Tuesday, Thursday, or don't make them all Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You might think, like, oh, it's going to be great to have those free days. And it will be sometimes. But not when you're procrastinating your homework and trying to get it five classes worth of stuff done in, like, one night. Not even, yes. like, you're not even giving yourself that whole day to do it. I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, if you have classes on Tuesday and Thursday, it's like, oh, Monday, I'll do everything. Like, it's Friday night, and you're like, I can do it to Saturday. You can get so much done on the weekend. But they come Wednesday. You have stuff to Thursday. You've got five different classes on Thursday. You're, you're struggling. You no, have to that get would... all of them done at once, and you're like, oh, my gosh, everything's due, and you're struggling. It yeah. would be absolutely way too overwhelming to try and manage that. So just to anyone who's considering it, those days aren't worth it. Take the weekends to do that. But, like, don't load your schedule like that. Yes. It's okay to take, like, one day off, like, if you can get it that way. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay if your schedule happens to run like that. I know my spring semester last year, I didn't have class Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, which worked well for me because I had internship and stuff, so I was able to get more hours into the school, but again, that might not work for everybody, so. As you get older, like, the internship factors into it, so, like, those weren't just, like, entirely free days, but like you said, sometimes it can't be avoided, but don't intentionally do it just to give yourself a free day. Exactly, and also going, like, back off the relationships, as you're, uh, classmates ask them about like their scheduling and classes that you need to take I know that the English department is a little bit notorious for not saying they'll have a class and then they don't because something went wrong ask if a senior junior sophomore knows when classes are happening because some classes uh, will say like fall spring but in reality they're only offered in the fall or they're only offered in the spring even though it says in the class fall, spring, and you're like, what do you mean? Just ask around, and this is another bad thing. In the description, they will not say if it skips a year. There are some classes that it's only offered, like, if it was offered this spring of 2024, it won't be offered in 2025 of spring. It'll only be offered in 2026. Yes, and if you see classes like that that definitely, like, catch your attention that you know you want to take, the sooner you can ask about when those are offered, the better off you can plan your schedule. Yes, please take those right away. I know a friend who's like debating on waiting on taking it. You're not, that can't, class is not guaranteed. Things are going to change as it comes. I know in English, in writing, stuff has happened in the department. So all of a sudden like, oh, I need these three classes. Well, they're not offered anymore. What do I do? 
if I would have known these classes weren't going to be offered, I would have taken them sooner. So if you could take it, take it right away. That's going to be my biggest thing. But again, don't overwhelm your, like, if you can't do 18 credit hours, don't do 18 credit hours. If you need 15, 15 is great. That is usually what most people go for. But Don't, don't stretch yourself too thin that you can't put enough effort to your classes. Again, uh, most of your, like, definitely your seniors, if you know any in your major, will know exactly what classes are offered and um, when they're offered. And juniors probably as well, but they also, another thing, will know the professors, and they'll be able to give you hints of how that professor is. Yeah, oh yeah, they're definitely, like, make sure you take this class with this professor, ask this professor about, like, any of these classes they're offering, like, maybe they can sell you on one or two of them, but. Yeah, and always, like, for some reason, it comes to your junior or senior year, and you're like, I needed this one class, but it's not offered anymore. Ask another uh, department, like, another professor in that department. I know I needed one class, but it just does not exist anymore, and so I went to another professor, and he's like, yeah, just take my class again. We'll count it for something else. We always read something else, so it'll be fine. We'll make it work. I was like, oh, relief just coming off of me. <laughs> yeah, no, the The past couple of years, I know there have been some changes in the departments, and I won't get too much into that, but classes have shifted. Maybe there are some new classes. Maybe a lot of classes aren't there anymore. The same teachers aren't there anymore. There's going to have to be some flexibility in that, so just keep an open conversation with your department, your advisor, your teachers. Everyone's going to try and make it work they're not just gonna leave you and not make it so you can graduate true and i'm gonna give you a warning all incoming freshmen and potential sophomores and all that there's a thing called a wait list i know i was so shocked when i was like doing my schedule and then it was like you're on a wait list i'm like what do you mean i'm on the wait list so that means, and if you were ever get on a wait list, that means the class has been filled. So if the class has like 30 seats available, that means like all 30 seats have been taken. Don't freak out. Don't worry. Look at your numbered list. Usually if you're in the top five, usually just email the professor who's going to offer this class and see if they'll take you in. I've known plenty of friends that are like, hey, I really need this class, I can't take it another time, I'm, like, really busy, and the professor will squeeze them in. They don't care. They'll do it for them because, obviously, you're paying to get your education. You're going to get the most for your buck. But, again, if you can't take it, don't worry about it. You'll have to do it another semester, and you'll get it. But I know that definitely freaked me out when I saw that. I was like, what does this mean? What do I do? There might even be another, um, I know you might want a certain professor to be with your friends. It's going to be okay if you're not with your friends and not with that professor. Look if there's other sections that still work within your schedule. Yeah, and I know a lot of people do have those favorite teachers that they want to have classes with. They want to be able to sit next to their friends and like be able to study together and know that like they're in the exact same class. If you're in a different section, that's okay. Maybe it just means you pay attention a little more in class. I know sometimes it can get distracting, but overall, you're still taking the same classes, even if it's with a different teacher or not with your friends. Yeah, even if it is with the same teacher, I know um, 
I know uh, you have a class, and uh, a friend of ours has the same class, but a different time. You guys could still study together because it's the same class, right? Yeah, we're reading the same books, talking about the same themes in it. And again, this is for literature classes, but it's the same material and it's the same exam questions at the end of the year. So, so yeah, even if you don't have the exact same time, you can still study with each other because it's going to be the same topics, same uh discussion same lecture so it'll be all work all good you'll get through it trust us we've done this for four years and we went through during covid so if we can make it you can make it you've got this believe in yourself (laughs) but is there anything else you can think of like scheduling or don't leave it to the last minute for both scheduling and studying, and any academic stuff, really. But plan ahead for all of that. Take a look when you're a freshman at what classes you might want to take when you're a senior. And also, my personal favorite tip, don't be afraid to put classes you really enjoy in there. I know as a senior right now, a lot of people have really stressful senior years. I was lucky enough that I was able to plan it out. So this is probably like the best senior year I could imagine. I'm not taking any classes that I'm not interested in. All of them, like, I'm able to really enjoy each and every one. And I'm even in some fun classes that are just extra credits for me right now. So make it work for what you want to do. Exactly. Because, again, you're here for your education. Nobody else's. But I think that's all I got today. I just want to thank you again, Danny, for coming back and doing the second episode with me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Again, I want to shout out uh, the student media for allowing me to do this opportunity to do this podcast. They have wonderful articles, hint, which Danny also helps with. So thank you there. Uh, and I just want you all to have a good whatever time it is and whenever you're listening this. Bye-bye.